Well, hi there. Welcome to the Bearded Ecclesiologian podcast, episode number eight. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. This is a podcast, of course, where we uh, talk about all things church because we need more teaching about the church. I am your host, KV Paxton, the Bearded Ecclesiologian. I am here. You are here. My beard's here, and today I'm drinking a cold cup of Zen green tea out of my Five Solas cup. And it's very tasty. But they also are not sponsoring me. But they should. So last week... We had a special fall season ep of the pod where we talked about being a church thanksgiver rather than being a church trick or treator. And by this, we meant that we should treat the church like a family and the gatherings on Sunday as a weekly Thanksgiving day that we make a priority of rather than being a church shopper or hopper who primarily comes to receive and maybe leave rather than staying and being vulnerable and open and laughing and all that stuff right now on this app i'd like to continue our fall theme okay are you in the fall mood i am too and i want to start out with a story okay for this what we're gonna do we're gonna hop into our way back machine as jimmy james from news radio calls it and go to 1630s europe this is one of the worst times in the history of Europe, all right? The 30 years war rages on and a pandemic, can you imagine, was spreading through the continent. Just an awful time all around you guys. Well, there was a German pastor and his name was Martin Rinkart who was ministering in the midst of all of this mess, 30 years war and spreading pandemic. And he was doing, of course, whatever he could to minister to his church, magnify the Lord in the middle of the worst times in his, his life and in his congregation's lives, right? I mean, you can imagine how awful um, this time in Europe would be. Uh, the Wikipedia says this nugget about Rincart. It says... During the height of a severe plague in 1637, Rincart was the only surviving pastor in Ellenburg conducting as many as 50 funerals in a day. He performed more than 4,000 funerals in that year, including that of his wife. Just a devastating level of heartbreak for our brother, Martin. But I want you to check this out, okay? In the middle of all of that is when Rincart wrote a hymn. Um, do you know what this hymn was called? Like, if you were writing a hymn during all that trouble, um, what would your hymn be called? What would it be about? Maybe it'd be like a lament, which would be appropriate, of course, right? We have laments in the Psalms. Laments are good things. Um, but this one that Rinkart wrote, remember, okay, typically I'm not going to use Wikipedia as a source, but I mean that fact that he wrote 50, he did 50 funerals in a day and performed more than 4,000 in that year is 
wild, including one for his wife. I mean, can you imagine? This is what the hymn was called. Now thank we all our God. Now thank we all our God. Is that what you would have called a hymn? That you wrote if you were living during those times? Um, Clarissa Mall, I hope I'm saying her last name right, at the Gospel Coalition writes this about Rincart and that hymn. Listen to what she says. Rincart's hymn mentions nothing of harvest tide, of material provisions our father bestows on his beloved. Neither does it give an inkling, any inkling of the scarcity and turmoil of the times in which it was penned. Instead, Rincart pointed his congregation and us to a bounteous God who fulfills every need in want and in plenty, in war and in peace, in sickness and in health. We who sing are caught up in praise not for the gifts but for the giver, worshiping the Savior for redemption both now and not yet. Rincart's words remind us that gratitude never depends on our situation but ever relies on our love for the one who's provided for our greatest need in Christ. What a testimony to God's faithfulness, right? Rinkhart's hymn lives on today, and it was written at an incredibly difficult time. And I encourage you to to look it up and read those words and consider Rinkhart's testimony in those troubled times. In fact, let me just read you a verse uh, from this hymn. It starts out, Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices, who wondrous things has done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us in our way, with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. And he wrote that again in a very difficult season of his life. You know, sometimes I forget to be thankful. Um, Sometimes I really do feel like I am being ungrateful. And I wonder if you struggle with that too. Um, There are things in our lives that we have and we, we, we take them for granted or, or maybe even we'd wish they'd be different instead of being grateful for what we have. And, you know, thinking about Rinkhart and and that hymn of being able to be thankful and sing about it and teach his church to to, to be thankful in that time and to sing that um, is just an incredible testimony. And um, it's cool to hear about that, um, but it also makes me feel very, very small. (laughs) I think of last year in 2020 um, is just not not a good year for much of the world and um it was a tough time to be thankful you know um but Rincart's testimony says we should be thankful regardless of the circumstances because we have god in christ now why am i bringing this up well because today i want us to talk about the topic why you should be thankful for the church okay that's what i want us to talk about today why you should be thankful for the church this is an ecclesiology podcast after all right church is our topic it's almost thanksgiving why should you be thankful for the church and i have to give a shout out to friend of the show jack for suggesting this topic he did he did and also for insisting that i give him a shout out okay but i also want you to know That the first time I ever rode in a car with this guy, he almost killed us. Okay? So, you know, there you go. This is his idea for the show. I almost died because of him. So, But what I want you to be is thankful for your church. Thanksgiving season, we're thinking about Thanksgiving things. We're thinking about schedules and turkeys and footballs. 
footballs, football, but hopefully we are also pausing to actually give genuine thanks. What we should be thankful for, among other things, is that God gave us the church. It was his idea, right? It's 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 his creation. Uh, it's his love. It's his idea for reaching the world. He created a people. When you become a Christian, you don't get saved into isolation. You get saved and placed into a family by God's grace. We are not alone. And so God gave us as a gift, along with all the bounteous gifts, gifts that he given us, he gave us a church. Specifically, he gave you your church. And according to 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit sovereignly put you at the church you are a member of, a church that you have covenanted with, so you could fit together with the other members in a body to accomplish the mission of Christ and so that your fellow members can be edified by you, uh, doing your part as a member of the body of Christ, okay? Holy Spirit put you where you are on purpose. So... Let me give you, I want to give you, we're going to run through these, all right? A dozen reasons why you should be thankful for your church. And of course, this is not, you guys, you guys, this is not an exhaustive list, okay? These aren't the only reasons you should be thankful for your church, okay? There are plenty of other reasons, and I would love to hear them after you hear the show. If you're like, hey, why didn't he mention this? Um, you know, you know, tell me, okay? Now, I know your church isn't perfect. And you know what? It might do things you don't like. It might do things you think are strange. Or it might not be doing some things you wished that it would. But guess what? Can I tell you something? Lean in real close, okay? That's okay. That's okay. The perfect church, she doesn't exist. You know that? Come on. Christ's bride is kind of a mess, all right? And guess what? He loves her anyway. And he fully intends to clean her up before wedding day. And since Jesus loves the bride of Christ, those who love Christ should love what he loves, which is the church. Let me say that again. Since Jesus loves the bride of Christ, those who love Christ should love what he loves, which is the church. And even if it's teeming with faults, and it is, there is still a lot to be thankful for. And so here are some reasons to be thankful for your church this thanksgiving and again these aren't the these not an exhaustive list okay but this is a this is a good place to start okay um number one for being able to meet at all right i think something that should have happened um when we came out of you know i know the pandemic is not over but you know there was a time where we were not meeting um, in person at all for several months, you know, depending on where you are in the country, uh, government lockdowns, or just, you know, for sure, safety. We didn't know what this pandemic was doing, and so we weren't meeting for several months or longer. Um, and so what I hope that created in you was um, a thankfulness for being able to physically gather together in the church because we weren't able to do it for so long. And, you know, that was one of my prayers during um, the the beginning stages of the pandemic when, you know, I'd come to church and me and my uh, fellow pastors, uh, we, we'd get here and, and it'd be just us in this building, you know. And we would record um, the sermon, we'd go live on Facebook, and I would preach into a camera. And, you know, I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful we're still able to get the message out. Um, 
to our people and hopefully, you know, edify them from a distance, encourage them through technology and all that. Um, you know, it just was not the same. And like we talk about when we talk about virtual church, it, I'm not sure it was really even we were having church. We weren't physically gathering together. I'm not sure you could define that as church. And I missed it. And um, it made me, and I was praying through the pandemic, um, be, those beginning stages of the pandemic, we couldn't meet for our, our members to um, have a, a hunger for the gathering. And when we could gather again, to never forget what it felt like to not be able to gather. So that, you know, we took for granted being able to gather um, physically together. And I, I hope now, um, if your church is gathering again, physically that you went back to that church um that you were in before the pandemic and that you're like man praise god that i can meet physically um together with them again i miss this i'm thankful for this and i'm never gonna take it for granted again but the you know the problem is once you start meeting again in the gathering um of course this was a trouble with with pandemic um we just all we wanted to do and we still have this feeling is get back to normal, right? I put normal in air quotes. You can't see me because, you know, it's not TV. It's radio. Um, we just want to get back to normal. Let's get back to normal. And we're in such a rush to get back to the way things were before COVID. Maybe we didn't, like, examine if that was the best recourse. And so we got back into the rut of gathering together. And, I, you know, I don't mean that um, rut is a, a bad thing. But, you know, into the habit of meeting together, which we should be in a habit, but into not remembering what it was like when we couldn't gather. And so we we could have, maybe we have gone back to taking it for granted. And that's unfortunate. But during this Thanksgiving season, we talk about being thankful for your church. Be thankful for being able to meet at all. Be be thankful that you're a, you can you can every Sunday go gather with your church physically. It is an outpost of the kingdom of heaven. It is an embassy for Christ the King. And you get to go and gather with that embassy. And you get to sing and you get to do all the things that we're going to mention in the rest of this list. What a privilege, right? I mean, what an honor to be able to meet at all. And again, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, I mean, I'm assuming you're in America. And, you know, we have the freedom to gather without fear. And that's something that a majority of Christians in the world might not have the freedom to do. And so uh, thank God that we are able to meet with our church physically. How about number two? Another second reason to be thankful for your church for reading the word in corporate worship. Uh, Does your church open the Bible? And read the Word of God um, in corporate worship. Uh, before the sermon, um, you read it during the sermon, uh, outside the sermon, you know, you're just reading texts of Scripture. This is God's Word. This is God's food. Are they modeling for you reading the Word publicly? This is important. Thank God they do it, right? Thank God your church reads the Word corporately. How about number three? Preaching the word, preaching the word. Are you thankful for your church for preaching the word? Do they pre- preach expository sermons? That means do they? Uh, does your pastor or pastors allow the point of the text that they're preaching to be the point of the sermon? Um, do they preach through books of the Bible? 
uh, do do they show you Christ from the Bible every week? Do they do they preach the Bible or they preach their opinions? Do they preach um, God's word or man's word? Um, if they preach, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, this is happening in your church. If they're preaching the word, thank God for that, man. That you know, um, thank God you're getting fed the the word of Christ. Um, the Holy inspired inerrant word of God is being preached to you. Thank God for that. Because again, I mean, there's people around the world who, um, can't gather with the church, not only can't gather with the church, but of course, since they can't gather, they don't have somebody preaching the pure word of Christ to them. If you got somebody preaching the pure word of Christ to you, uh, praise God for that. Uh, you need it. Uh, they need it. Your brothers and sisters in Christ need it. They don't need to hear, um, a ton of opinions. They don't need to hear, um, what's going on in culture they 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 need the word of god um they need the pure word of god preached to them and if that's happening at your church thank god thank god for that how about number four singing the word do you get to sing the word um out to um the lord when you gather with your church do you get to sing it out? I remember, you know, when we first started gathering together um, during COVID, um, you know, we had to wear masks uh, at first just to be safe. So we weren't like spitting, you know, germs to and fro throughout the sanctuary. Um, and so, you know, those those words were muffled. Um, you couldn't really hear uh, corporate singing. And, you know, of course, we were meeting digitally and nobody was in the sanctuary at all. Um, you didn't hear any voices. Um, and that was a major bummer. Um, one of the coolest things, I think, you know, me personally, I think one of the most beautiful sounds in the universe is the people of God who have come in together, gathering in the church to sing congregationally. I think, I mean, there's... Like we, we intentionally at the end of our service, we sing the doxology because we want our, our singing to be Trinitarian. Um, and we also do it acapella, um, just so that the, the voices of the congregants, um, is magnified. And there's just something very beautiful about singing truths about God, singing true songs. Again, like singing in church is one of the goofiest wars that has ever been fought in church history. I mean, you know, like when I was coming up in the church, when I first got became a Christian, there was it was like the height of the worship wars, right? And just that name is like, come on, war, war, you guys. Um, like I've been to Iraq and you know fighting about contemporary versus hems, not the same. And so uh, we were fighting over like what's what's better. Um, the new stuff, quote unquote, praise and worship. Um, you can't see me because this isn't TV. This is radio, um, or quote unquote traditional. Um, the answer is neither. Um, that's not, you know, (laughs) that's not the litmus test for what's good. You know, what's good is what glorifies God. What tells the truth about God, what puts the focus on God, right? Whether that's with a piano or a guitar, I mean, come on. Uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, of course, we can have our tastes and our preferences and all that stuff. And 
But again, um, we were fighting this thing. And then we got to a time where we were, couldn't sing corporately at all because of the pandemic. And now we're back together. Let's refocus, right? Let's let the pandemic uh, recenter us and re-examine why we gather and be grateful that we could join our voices together singing Christ-exalting songs. I think what's, what's beautiful is people who, you know, I could look around the worship center and see people who are singing songs that are new to them, Maybe they don't know. Maybe they even, you know, I, I don't know their heart and mind, but maybe they're like, I'd prefer to not be singing it, you know, but they're singing it anyway. And I think that's a testimony to the people around them because not only are they singing it out to Christ, but they're singing it to one another. And so we're singing the gospel to one another, like we're gospeling one another. And I think that's what's important about corporate singing is we're gospeling one another. We're, we're addressing one another's in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Um, and, you know, maybe somebody around you, they had a bad week. They're coming in. Um, they're kind of bummed out. And they don't. They just don't feel like singing. Um, and then being around you and hear you belt out truths about our triune God, uh, stirs their soul and they want to sing too and it ministers to them you know i mean how glorious is that man we get to sing the word thank god your church sings the word how cool is that how about number five how it helps you grow you should be thankful for the church because of how it helps you grow um your church is partly there to edify you we talked early about how um, we should be edified. First uh, Corinthians 12, God has placed the members of the body the way he has so that we can uh, do our part as a member of the body, edify the saints, glorify God, do our part. And uh, the church, thank God it helps us grow. Thank God it, uh, we get that pure food of the word. We learn from the word. We're being equipped from the word for service. Um, we are being equipped through song. We, we, we are taught through our singing. Maybe your church has, uh, life groups or community groups or cell groups or D groups or home groups, whatever you want to call it. And you're growing through those relationships and you're growing through discussing, uh, scriptures. Maybe you have a Sunday school where they, uh, teach you, uh, about Christ and about the word and you're growing through that. Um, it's helping you grow. It's helping you be equipped for the service of the ministry. Thank your church. Be thankful for your church for how they help you grow in Christ. And you know, maybe it's at a different pace than other people. Maybe it's slower. Maybe it's faster. Whatever. Um, if you're growing, you're pursuing holiness and they're pushing you to that. Thank God for that. How about number six? Uh, to be thankful for your church. Um, for support. For support. Um have you been through a tough time in your life? Have you uh, had some struggles in relationships? Have you lost a loved one? Um, have you battled with sin? Um, and during those times, um, you came to church and you were faithful to come still. Um, and they ministered to you. They, they asked you how you were. They truly wanted to know. They, they came alongside you and helped you navigate those dark times. And they just, they just were your support. You, you leaned on them. And, um, 
they were happy to bear your weight. Um, what a, another beautiful testimony of God's grace to us to give us brothers and sisters in Christ who will support us when we are struggling. Thank God for that. Uh, thank God that they could be our wheelchairs. They could be our gurneys when we're struggling. Um, you know, I, I think one of the most, you know, I, I haven't been a pastor. I'm not like an old dog. You know, I've been a pastor about a decade. Um, I think one of the most unfortunate things that I've heard um, being a pastor, when you you see somebody and, and you're like, brother, sister, I, I haven't seen you in a spell. We miss you. Um, you know, it's been a month or two and you just haven't been here and, and we miss seeing your face. Uh, we miss worshiping with you. And they say something like, um, yeah, I'm just struggling right now. Um, in my life, you know, that they mean they're, they're having a hard time in their life. And they're like, when I, when, when things settle down or even out, or I'm not struggling anymore, I guess I'll, I'll be back, you know? And it's it, that, I think that's so unfortunate because the place you should be when you're struggling is in the church. Um, because when you're struggling, you come to the church and you admit you're struggling and that you need support. I mean, that's, that's doing church right. I mean, uh, it's saying that I'm not strong enough to do this on my own. And that's a fact. Um, it's just so unfortunate that we would forsake the assembling of ourselves during the hard times when it's during the hard times that we need the church the most. And so if you can testify to the support that the church has given you, even those like phone calls or texts or, or, you know, uh, low level harassment of you when, when you haven't been to the corporate gatherings and they're like, where you been brother, uh, where you been sister, we missed you. Um, you should be thankful for that too, uh, for them trying to keep you honest and wanting to be around you in corporate worship. How about number seven? Why you should be thankful for your church is diversity. Um, if you can lurk around the sanctuary and um, you're, you're uh, ethnically diverse, oh man, praise God, that looks like heaven, doesn't it? Um, if you can look around and you see um, older saints with middle-aged saints, with younger saints, with teenagers, with tiny toddlers and babies um, being hooligans and doing wind sprints in the foyer, I mean, how awesome is that? You're not going to get that anywhere else. I mean, that, that collection of diverse individuals uh, from different age grade groups, uh, age ranges is what I was trying to say. Um, and even better, man, you got you got uh, upper class and middle class and lower class. You got white collar and you got blue collar. And they're all together in there, worshiping the same God, singing the same songs, interacting with the same sermon text. I mean, how dope is that? I mean, it's so beautiful. Um, praise God for that diversity. Thank you, God, uh, for that. Be thankful for your church. If you could say that there's some of that, um, diversity, not only ethnically, but age range, life stages, and all that. Praise God. Um, only the blood of Christ can bring those people together and only the blood of Christ is strong enough to, uh, bind them together. Number eight, thankful for relationships. You have relationships in the church that are deep and meaningful. Praise God for that. Praise God that um, there are people in the church who, uh, again, maybe you don't have a ton in common with, but you have Jesus in common and you're like, man, that's enough. And you can be open. You can be honest with them. You can um, love them well as they love you well. 
um, you could say truly take that. Remember, we talked about masks uh, last time with our our trick or treaters versus Thanksgivers. Um, take you take that mask off with these people. Maybe you have three or four people in the church. Maybe two. Maybe one. I mean, that's fine. Um, or you could you could say I'm struggling with this sin, brother. Pray for me. Help me. Uh, navigate this um people who maybe you beef with but you can reconcile with because you love each other in christ um just relationships that you have in the church that you've cultivated and i i'd encourage you if you don't have relationship with anybody um who is different than you in the church be intentional and go love somebody different than you go go get to know somebody different than you um because they could speak things into your life that maybe somebody who's exactly like you um, just can't do. And if you have those relationships, man, praise God for that. Number nine, uh, others modeling faithfulness. I think one of the, the things that has testified most to me um, as a pastor um, during this strange COVID season is just seeing uh, our members' faithfulness Um how they continue to love and give and serve and show up. Um, you know, the, the, when we first opened, I mean, reopened um, after the, you know, during the pandemic for gatherings, you know, it was kind of tough because, you know, we we're trying to be real safe. So we had, you know, every other aisle was blocked off or, or, or row of seats. Uh, we had people, our people had to register online you know, they wore masks, they got hand sanitizers when they came in. I mean, it's, it's kind of a pain in the butt, but our people just kept doing it, you know, and they no, never, not one person ever complained about that process. They just did it and they just showed up and they just worshiped and they just roll with the punches. I mean, we've changed times a bunch of times. We changed how many services we've had a bunch of times I and mean, we've, we've changed stuff and we scaled back some stuff, but our people just continue to show up. Um, they continue to love each other and it's just such a, a testimony of faithfulness to me just makes me real proud to see um, how they want to be here um, with each other and they love the church for the church you know and they're they're modeling this faithfulness I think it's dope when um, younger couples um, can see you know that couple who's been married for uh, 50 or 60 years you know and just see um, them model the love for one another um, for how they've loved their spouses and how they love their kids and just people modeling just again, like people showing up is just huge. I mean, it's, it's just, it's huge to see this person model that faithfulness week in and week out or these people modeling faithfulness. And just, I want you to next time you go to your churches, observe those people who are doing that, who are modeling striving for holiness pursuing holiness loving one another um loving the church showing up and putting the church before themselves and saying i'm here i'm staying i ain't going nowhere um and the church is imperfect but i love it anyway okay number 10 loving you the way you are this kind of goes with um some of the others that we've talked about like the relationships uh, you could shed the pretense uh, your church loves you i hope um, the way that you are, warts and all, they know you're a mess because they're all a mess too. Um, praise God for that. Thank you for loving me the way that I am. Um, tell them that, okay? Uh, number 11, how others serve. We're thankful for your 
you should be thankful for your church because of the way others serve. Um, do you have people who are serving in ministries that maybe aren't glamorous, don't get a lot of, aren't seen, um, you know, just, just are not high profile, um, but they serve anyway. Um, you know, we, we have people in our, our church who just, they just want to serve and, you know, um, we don't want to overburden them, um, but they, they want to be burdened. <laughs> and so that's, that's just a beautiful model of faithfulness there. Uh, for how people serve one another uh, and and just loving love each other that way. Okay, last one is for mission missions of Christ. Okay, so uh, thank you should be thankful for your church for the way that they equip you for missions, the missions that they do. Maybe you got some people that you uh, send to the more foreign mission field. Uh, maybe you give to a missions organization or campus ministry or uh, something that you do locally. To minister to them thank god for uh that for them being able to equip you plug you in to do missions the way that they are witnessing to christ um and if you feel like your church should do more missions uh you sound like the perfect candidate to be in charge of that and so volunteer for that at your church and let's reach our communities for the light of christ and be the light of christ um but thank be thankful this year for your church let me run through those really quick one more time Number one, for being able to meet at all. Number two, for reading the word. Number three, for preaching the word. Number four, for singing the word. Number five, how it helps you grow or pushes you towards holiness. Number six, the support it gives you. Number seven, diversity. Number eight, relationships. Number nine, others modeling faithfulness. Number 10, loving you the way you are. Number 11, how others serve. And number 12, missions for christ so friends be thankful for your church tell some folks in your church this sunday how grateful you are for them and let's have that posture all year round okay let's not just make this a a november the end of november thing being thankful let's be thankful for our church all year around and let's have that posture uh forever quote of the week This comes from one Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And you may have heard this quote before, but it's money. And if it's exactly what we're talking about today, he said, if I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had one, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it for it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. Well, friend, I hope you enjoyed episode eight of the Bearded Ecclesian Legend podcast. Uh, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? You should do a solid, and it should be for your boy. And you should subscribe. Give this podcast five stars. Tell all your homies you're a very popular person. Tell them. Uh, how you've been enjoying this podcast and learning more about the church and tune in to future episodes where we will cover all things to church. Here's a question. Do you have a question about ecclesiology? Do you have a topic you want me to cover? Well, there are a couple ways you get a question to me or a suggestion for a topic. Number one, if you look in the show notes, there's a link at the bottom that you click. And if you can send a voice memo with your question, okay, I'm going to assume if you do that, you want to be anonymous unless you say otherwise, if you want it to be played on the air, just let me know. And we will do our best to answer that question. Or you could just go to kvpaxton.com 
and there is a link there for contact uh, form. Fill that out, send it to me, and we will do our best to answer that. Okay, so thank you again. See you next time when we explore more about the church because what we need is more teachings about the church, not less. See you then. <laughs>